This is Learned It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love The 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Hello and welcome to Learned It From An 80s Song. Today, we are honored to have a true trailblazer in the health and wellness industry, as well as he is an artist, Louis Montagudo. With over 36,000 hours of expertise in health coaching, life coaching, and personal training, Louis is not just an expert, he's a mentor, leader, and visionary. Lewis has driven and raised over $40 million in health, wellness, and the fitness sectors, reshaping not only bodies, but also the financial landscape of the industry. What sets Lewis apart is his unwavering belief in personalized education. His mission is to empower the next generation of health professionals to achieve success on their terms. It's about collecting the right tools, aligning with personal values, and setting individual goals as the ultimate metric. Now picture this, 2020, a year of unprecedented disruptions. Lewis is faced with a moment where all cylinders were firing. A small Medispa a seamless managed fitness studio and an art studio all in one location, all wellness related. Then COVID hits, forcing a lockdown that halted those thriving practices. But Lewis didn't yield to adversity. Instead, he immersed himself in family studies and launched a nonprofit art gallery turned for-profit venture. Online education became his lifeline, delving into extension courses from MIT like AI training, also the science of happiness at Yale. Welcome, Lewis. It is such a pleasure to have you here on Learn It from an 80s song. Thank you for being on the show. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Patricia. I'm excited. So I need to tell the audience just how we actually know each other. So Lewis and I embarked on an eight-week journey together in a sustainable nutrition course and meal planning, nutrition planning through the Harvard Extension Program. And it's been really, I've learned so much in the program. Absolutely. Likewise. It's it's been like an amazing journey. And and that's exactly what it is, the journey. Those eight weeks, very surprising. Started off a little slowish, you know, and you can see everybody's like interest and their excitement and like their passion enthusiasm to get started and they're like oh let's get going like, let's get into this and then by the end of it people are like oh my god this is ending they exchange yes. information it's fun yeah and i love that on our our whatsapp chat we have like recipes from all over the world because my recipes that i could cook right now are just 
so diverse and um, obviously all healthy. Yeah, my recipe book greatly expanded over the course. (laughs) Yes, well, so this is the part of the show, guys, where we get the big reveal as to what song from the 80s Lewis is going to choose to share with us today. So without further ado, Lewis, what is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Can I get a drum roll, please? What is your song? My song is Break the Ice by John Farnham. John Farnham. Now, I love, Lewis, that you brought this in because number one, I'll just be honest, it was not on my radar. And, uh, and I love that you picked a deep cut, like a very deep cut. So let me tell you a little bit about, I mean, I went down the rabbit hole and I cannot wait to share with you about this magnificent man. Exciting. I just chose this that resonated with what we're doing here and what, what we'll be speaking about. And I didn't really give much thought to the composer, the person who put it together. And it's a, it's dangerous. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. it worked out. Yeah. So let me share with you a little bit about it. So this song was actually from, well, you remember in the eighties, how we had Rocky, right. And we had I, the tiger, and we had those like really amazing theme songs in around the same time is where break the ice came out. And that was in 1986. And it was for the, the movie rad, which was yeah. about BMX bike riding. Incidentally, I never saw that either. So it was such an interesting song. But let me just read to you the lyrics. Like, feels like time is standing still, aiming right for your heart, ready to take another spill. Only you can make it right. I mean, beautiful writing, beautiful lyrics for this. But let's talk a little bit more about John Farnham. He's British-born Australian singer. And he was the king of pop before Michael Jackson was the king of pop, right? So this is in 1967, he was known as the king of pop. This was from 1967 until 1979. He was the boss as far as teen pop music was concerned. So really interesting, right? And, you know, that then he ended up joining in the 80s Little River Band, which I had no idea. So he spent about five years with Little River Band. And then that's when he started going off onto his solo, you know, as a solo artist. Oh. And his very first song that he came out with, which was, let me look it up. It was Sadie. And it was in, in the 1960s. So that was his first hit. And it's I- called Sadie the Cleaning Lady was his first song. So wow. when he went out on his solo you know, adventure. His song, Break the Ice, obviously was from Whispering Jack, that album. And then within that was the song, You're the Voice. So that ended up being not just, you know, really became his signature song, which really launched Mm -hmm. him. And it set the record for staying on the Australian charts for 25 weeks, 25 (laughs) weeks making it one of the longest charting songs in the country's history. Wow, that's amazing. So it became an unplanned anthem where You're the Voice wasn't wasn't planned as a political anthem, 
but it's mm. been a, it, the powerful lyrics. Actually, a lot of people started using this for social and political change, resonating strongly with audiences during the 1980s. So, wow. yeah, so we have we have so much about him. He continued on in his career and he sang with a lot with Olivia Newton-John, Tom Jones, you know, so it's really endless. Like his career was so prolific. And I thought, well, this is cool because you and I are in this longevity course together and sustainability. And, you know, and I'm thinking you picked an artist that has been prolific and his impact on Australian music extends beyond the 80s. And he's referred to, you know, as a teen idol, but then, you know, he's been performing, you know, on and on throughout the ages. So really cool, really cool. Barnum had a total of number one of four number one albums in the 80s, four number one albums. And it solidified his status as one of Australia's most successful and enduring artists of the decade. So he really, truly represents the 80s. Well done. So, well done. That is so great. That's actually, that actually makes it more exciting. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Wait, wait till you hear. I want, I want to talk about this last bit. He's alive today and he is in, I believe he's in Australia with his wife and two kids. Oh, here it is. I'm looking for the data on this. Uh, oh, we're totally, totally going to contact John Farn. We're totally going to connect with him. We have I'm not even, to. We're doing it. We are. Well, we need to, yeah. we need to tag him at least. But he, you know, what's so interesting is after, you know, a long lifetime of habit of smoking, and drinking, you know, alcohol, he completely changed and, you know, stopped smoking and drinking. And because he ended up getting cancer. And, you know, he just by making this change, he announced that, you know, he announced that his tumor had successfully been removed. And then of March of 2023, which is very recent, I'm sorry, it was August of 2023, excuse me, on on the 23rd of August, 2023, Exactly one year after his surgery for removing his tumor, Barnum released a statement saying that he was cancer free. And yeah, so he had said, well, the last thing I'll say about this is uh, Variety Australia published on the 5th of September, 2023, when he asked Barnum, will he tour again and release new material? His son said, anything's possible. I think (laughs) he'd like to. And he can definitely still sing. So I think that's so sweet that his, you know, his son said that and and that anything is possible. He could hit the road and and be on tour again, you know, and, and continue that long career that he's had. But I just, you know, what was interesting that you chose this song and is that, you know, just making small lifestyle changes, you know, like, you know, we have learned in this program that you and I've been in, just very simple things can make big differences. And what, what an amazing thing that he, you know, he quit drinking, quit smoking and, you know, now is cancer free. And I think it's pretty, it speaks up volumes because that must be a challenge. I imagine uh, to stop smoking after all of those years, you know? Absolutely. I mean, for many people changing the simplest thing is difficult imagine something habitual as those substances. It's quite the change. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Really uplifting story in his, his life story. It's so powerful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you for picking such an amazing artist and one that I, you know, I've heard his music, but I didn't know who he was. And now I do. And it's, it's pretty amazing. So thank you for allowing me to go down that rabbit hole.
flying under that radar sometimes we just we just dip in you know it's like the song is like break the ice and you break the ice you go through you get to the other side and we discover all these things you know going for a slight literal metaphor there but yeah that's amazing really cool so i'll stop talking now and i'd like to hear your story lewis tell us your story that you're bringing into us today our story my goodness, it's so it's not not that it's complicated. It's, it's just such an interesting thing because it's part of this ongoing experience and it's obviously this life journey, you know. Breaking the ice, breaking the ice. The song itself it speaks a lot about fortuity and being that sort of a stonewallish type of figure where we just we keep going, we continue, you know, we persevere. For me, yeah, there was this moment in 2020. It just felt like everything was going, everything was going well for me, you know. I just launched a small meta spa. I was running a small and easily manageable fitness studio. And this is all in one location. I even had like an art studio that was going very well. And again, that was like one of the best parts of it. Cause it's like when you combine business and passion, it's like, we're, we're really going we're like in this flow state. And that flow state is really what I've been really focused on trying to get into and accomplishing in life. Just, this is my lifestyle. I'm flowing, you know, and it's challenging. So then 2020 came along and we know what happened, you know, obviously COVID. Code came along and everything shut down, literally. <laughs> and you're in New York City, right? So you're in Brooklyn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, everything had to close down. But meanwhile, I still have the lease and landlords aren't closing down. <laughs> right. So business goes on, you know. And um, so I have this space. Painting is like a huge part of my life. And so is exercise. And so is starting a new business. And so I was faced with this thing where everything sort of crumbled to a degree. But we still have to be productive. We still have to continue. We persevere. Yes, this is, a, this is one of the reasons why we educate ourselves. These are the reasons why we look to learn things and create positive support systems around us. So that when these moments come and, you know, everything seems like it's crashing down or falling apart to one degree or another, we, we're there. We're there. We're present. So working from that state of presence and trying to maintain flow, which was not easy and did not happen immediately, I sort of just tried to put everything together in a way that would allow me to continue. And as a result of that, closing down the meta spa, you have to shut it down. You sell, you know, selling whatever you have, because there's still people doing their own thing. People are buying people things that's still happening, obviously. Almost fell back there in my rocking chair. So putting it together, stripped down the business, take it apart. And what I'm left with is basically a large gallery. It's just a large gallery. It's a large space. Nobody can come in. Everything's closed. But thank goodness for this digital sphere that we are living in. And what I was able to do was I did an online gallery for artists that are as, are not really known because imagine we go up to COVID. We, during COVID, we discover the loneliness and, every, and all the negativity that loneliness can bring. Yes. So with not just focusing on myself, I thought about community, you know? And I'm like, well, what about, there's so many artists that they barely ever leave their studio, you know? And they're, as a, as a result of that being so enmeshed and so intense into their work, they may not even ever get exposure. So I started just sort of like looking through this uh, digital universe and going through social media and just finding things that interested me, things I'm like, well, this isn't getting attention. Let's, let's, let's shine a little bit of light on this, you know, and reaching out to some artists and I'm a stranger, you know, in a strange land in a strange time, but I'm reaching out with something positive. And there were just so many people that were interested in participating and being part of it. Uh, it was called, I wound up calling it Gallery Space. Let people know it's business to a degree because it's called Gallery Space LLC. <laughs> yes. This is kind of, and so people just started participating, sending me stuff from all different parts of the world, 
like literally, I had people from Brazil, people from various parts of Europe, South Central America, a few artists from Africa. And I could have gone on with it. I'm still doing it in very small bouts now. So talking to that aspect of loneliness, I wanted to take these people out, you know, out of that, out of that uh, zone. And we would have these little shows and we would talk, you know, through video and we would network and a bunch of times there'll be a bunch of us in the same room, but it's on video. So it's not in the same room and getting into that. And this, which has really led up to this moment now that we're in. So funny enough, now it's sort of easy. People are still taking for granted that we can get together whenever we want to. And they sort of forgot about that COVID. So with me, I like the idea of I'm maintaining that gallery aspect. It's a very small, uh, it's a very small setting. I'm going to continue doing it through the online portal because I think that that's that's really like an interesting thing. So this is where the art perspective sort of comes in. I'm turning that concept of the gallery on its head. And it's like, no, 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 let's not forget about what we've done. Like we're going to maintain that goodwill. You know, we're going to keep that going. And we're still we're still having these little shows. And it becomes like it's almost like a wellness focused experience to a degree because it's artists. They know for the most part, they know that they're run is limited you know they know that their exposure is extremely limited you know they know that they're not competing with a marketing budget versus the other galleries and the other artists that are out there that have their teams or their parents support whatever it is it plays a big part so i'm just like i'm just curating these little aspects of life to bring people together for something bigger really cool so this was just so amazing to me when we we had communicated first on LinkedIn about this. And I was like, I need to know more about this. This is so interesting to me. And, you know, as an art therapist, but then also in my recent research on the arts and well-being, I thought this was so, you know, so cool. And I loved that, you know, here you were, you had this studio, you had a fitness studio, you had a Medi Spa. And this art gallery all in one, which, you know, to me makes perfect sense because it's like all aspects of wellness, you know, if you, if you look at it and, and the arts are, are, you know, our science shows how therapeutic it is, not just to actually do the art, you know, to actually make the art, but also art as consumption, meaning, you know, me going to a gallery or going, you know, going to your gallery or meeting up even online, like having online experiences, online museums, you know, et cetera. And I think, you know, having what you created is this community of artists during a really challenging time, because already it's isolating oftentimes for artists, but then yet you brought them all together and to have them, you know, have all everyone coming together during a really challenging time, but then also then sharing the work together and, and, and the fact that you're still, you know, today having that and having your own gallery space to support these artists, like you had said, that, you know, don't have the backing that a lot of artists may have. And so they get that exposure and you're facilitating that. And that's, that's amazing just to have their work seen. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's actually many moments have been powerful and moving in themselves. And just you have this person and you can see it in their little expression and their energy that they are out of their out of their usual habitat. They are not in their studio or in their art room. You know, they are yeah. out. Art is also out in the world and is being seen, experienced, enjoyed, appreciated, spoken about. It's, it's pretty cool. Really cool. Really cool. So how do you find that this experience of really pivoting, like you did a huge pivot during that time and it was so unfortunate for gyms. I mean, I know worked in a gym as well, right before the pandemic, given this experience that you had 
and the song choice that you have. What did you learn from this experience? What did I learn? That, that's, that's such an interesting question because learning to me, and I, and I think you're like this as well. I feel as though like we're always learning and learning is just part of our life, you know? So in a sense, I, I did have to pivot because everything was so different. Everything was literally felt like everything was falling down, you know? But it's almost like, what didn't I learn? Yeah. It's like, I threw myself into studying because, you know, you have so much, there's so much time, you know, I threw myself into my family, which I would say is something I had never really done before. And I learned a lot there, you know, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about, about uh, how to create support structures, you know, and I think as a result of all this learning that happens quickly in real time, that's where the ability to learn how to run a nonprofit art gallery all of a sudden from just being a, from going to just being a painter to like, oh, I would like to do a gallery, but I'm like, but let's do something where it's like, I immediately you see everybody starting to make their money and they're like, it's all superstar celebrities. Jump on, jump on my video, you know, and watch me DJ in my living room. And that's all cool. That's great. There's that serves such a large part of the community. Yes. But I just got into it. I mean, I learned about AI from MIT. I took classes at Yale on happiness and behavior and science of change. There was so much, you know, but, yeah. but in a sense, it really gave me the opportunity to let go of things that have been holding me back, you know, and yeah. that was the idea of the attachment to what life was up until that point. So there was an freedom, you know, and with that, so the song really resonates because, you know, breaking the ice can allude to so many different things. But the way I look at it, the, the fortuity that is one of the strongholds of the song, in my opinion, breaking the ice really happens because when you break the ice, it's like, it can be a dangerous thing. There are things on the other side of that ice, you know, it could be that cold water. <laughs> it could be that cold water. Heaven forbid we fall into that cold water, right? But water is really just the potential failure, the possibility of failure, and we have to go through it, yeah. you know? So letting go of that negative association and getting through to that other side, that's why perseverance comes in and it gave me a chance to change perspective and just use so many tools that life had given me that I'd almost been taking for granted up until that point. Yeah. And it's funny you you now say tools because I'm thinking about your strengths and that'll be what we talk about next. What an amazing story and, util and utilization of the song as well and your interpretation. I think it's really kind of speaks to kind of how we started with even the lyrics of the song that resonated with your story. And, you know, I think it was very brave of you to do that. A lot of courage. I'm already starting to talk about strength. So for those of you that might be new to this podcast, we talk about the VIA strengths. And these are 24 character strengths that everyone has in different ranking order. Everyone has different signature strengths that are unique to them. And, you know, these are your unique strengths that you show up in the world. And this was all created by Seligman and Peterson. And if you haven't taken your VIA Strengths Assessment yet, I highly recommend it because you do learn quite a bit about yourself in the process. And if it's okay with you, Lewis, could, could I share a couple of your strengths and reflect on your story a bit on how I spotted your strengths? Yes, for sure. Please. Thank you. So his number one strength is judgment. And you need to understand, you know, when you hear judgment, I know some people are like, well, what is that? at first, you know, when you first hear it. But what it is, is about thinking things through and examining them from all sides and discerning, 
right? And, you know, you want to make sure things are weighing on evidence and fairly, right? So that worked out really well in your, (laughs) in your journey, because like you had said, you know, already in your head, you're thinking, okay, you know, the fitness studio is closed. You know, your Medispa is not happening during COVID, you know, but what can you do? So already you're discerning in your head, you know, what can we do here? And how can we fairly, you know, looking at the world, like represent artists, artists are, you know, that their livelihood, they can't get themselves, a lot of them can't put themselves out there at this time. You know, some might may have been able to, but you were really providing a vehicle for them to be able to put their work out there. And not only that, creating connection in the process. So I think you're discerning of like, okay, so everything's hitting the fan right now. What can I do during this time? And also your studies, like taking all of the courses that you did, which also leans into one of your top 10 strengths, which is love of learning. So really fascinating. Any, any other reflections on, on that one for you? Uh, I just think it's really funny that I'm also a Libra for any astrologer. <laughs> 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 no judgment. Why do you always follow me around? I'm like tipping scale. And it's funny because Libra, you know, some people are like, well, that's not really balanced. You're not balanced. You're all over the place. Like, yeah, I'm all over the place because I love to get towards that direction of the extreme, you know? So I like to tip the scales whenever possible. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> there, there's, you know, that's amazing. And it's important. You know, it's really important to look at that, to have those, the people who are discerning, the people who are looking at things through that lens. Your number two strength is curiosity. And, you know, obviously, I mean, you're an artist. So your curiosity is going to, you're going to be leaning into that quite a bit in your work. And, you know, what's really cool about curiosity is that it's connected to intelligence, also life longevity, meaning and good relationships and life engagement. So, you know, with curiosity, it's also associated with like love of learning is also, you know, and creativity actually is correlated with, with curiosity as well. So, you know, if we look through that lens of curiosity, and I feel like this in, in life in general, that's what you did. You, if we look through the lens of curiosity, almost like a child, you know, in, in the sense that we can see problems, not as problems at that point. We, we can look at them as like, hmm, I wonder if this, and what if this, and it makes the problem, and in your case, the problem was, the pandemic, you know, and your fields that you were in massively affected by it, all of them, right? So you, you know, you leaned into curiosity, like, what if I make an art gallery? What if I make this online experience art gallery where people can all come together? What if? And then you turned a non-for-profit, you know, experience into a profit experience. Yeah, that happened too. That happened. (laughs) But that did happen. And it's tough because it wasn't the intention. Right. So I, questioning that had to happen, you know, towards myself, I had to turn, I had to look inwards a lot because it was, it was complicated. It, it was, it was a little difficult for me to be honest, to make it a, a profit situation. Right. Ethically, nothing wrong was happening whatsoever. It was all based in goodwill, you know, but it was, you know, it the end was of the day, it's business. I'm so, you know, I made goodwill into a small business, you know, and now, now that we're back in the, the normal zone of life, that I maintain the aspect of goodwill and I've taken away the business aspect of it. Right. It makes sense. And obviously that's judgment. There's your judgment again coming in. Like you had to 
like I could hear even your process, listen to you talking about it. You're like, well, I had to consider this. And I also was, you know, I had to have a talk with myself about this, you know, and, and like you could hear how that judgment is working and really looking at things from different angles and like how to make, you know, things, you know, fair in your mind. Yeah. Had to be managed. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. You know, that's, it's really amazing you. that you've done that. And then you've got perspective in there at number three, also linked to successful aging. So perspective is everything is, you know, and, and you know, as we age, I mean, that's, I feel like, you know, having had a milestone birthday, I feel that perspective is something that I'm very grateful to have. And as I move forward, and that's what age gives you. And then for you to have it in your top three strengths is pretty amazing because it is linked to well-being and life engagement once again. Oh, lucky for me. Yes. Also, I have to keep working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we also have honesty up top for you. I actually could hear that also when you were speaking about you know the decision that you had to make, the big decision. How do I, I need to make the nonprofit profit? Like just thinking about being honest with yourself on okay, you know, you know, having that debate of being honest with yourself on like how is this going to work within the life? How is it going to sustain itself? And this is the way it's going to sustain itself is through making it profit, having making that big decision. But your honesty, you know, in there, if, if you didn't go in there with that self-assessment and, you know, in your sense, you know, business assessment, self-assessment right. was all part of that, you know, you may not have been able to come to that decision, which was important to make. Yeah, that's for sure. So also honesty is linked with, self-concordance. So it's the goals represent the interests and values. So what your goal is also is linked with your values, which you could also, again, just to make that example, again, just making that dis big decisions in life, you know, it's you really consider your values within it. And you can hear that when you were talking. Thank you. And then finally is uh, humility, which is part of temperance. So humility mm -hmm. is I can see it in you. You're you're a very humble guy. You don't have to, you know, announce all of the many courses you've taken, all the many clients and experience that you have, like some crazy number, like thirty six thousand hours, and you know, of coaching hours and and training hours. It's you know, you don't have to go out there and and announce all of these things because you know you look at life in a very different way and and with humility. And people who have humility in their top strengths tend to be more helpful. And yeah, so they're not out seeking recognition. They're just out to to help others and, you know, and don't really have to toot their own horn, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Interesting, you know, because I agree with everything you've said. I may be getting to a point in my life where it is time to reexamine my humility, you know, and how I share and express it. But that's like an interesting because I can use all those other great strengths to make sure that it stays, you know, even keeled. People qualify now more than ever, more than ever qualified because the audience for qualification is tremendous. Obviously, we have so many vehicles of communication connectivity. So there is this moment now where I'm experiencing that I do sort of have to put myself out there a little bit more strongly, right? I, I hear you. You know, I do. So there. Is, so it's interesting that you mentioned my experience because it's an important part of my life. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I started working when I was four years old. My family came to this country and they were not well off. They lost everything that they had. 
So really, I didn't know that. It's factory, amazing. my mom and I, you know, when, before I started school, I was off to the factories, and it's not just like the boss was a little slave driver. Everybody there was illegal. My grandparents still worked on getting their 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 papers and everything. So I'm in a factory, and the boss is like, if he's here, he's gonna have to work. And I got, I was given jobs to do. You know, I was working in Birdie Factory, and I did that for a few years. You know. Did that for about four years, actually. My next job, I was 13 years old, and I worked in restaurants. And I had seen these aged chefs and cooks, and not many of them were happy, to be honest. So I got to a quick lesson in life where it's like, listen, buddy, you're, you've got a lot going on in this world. You better take advantage of anything that you can and make it the best for you. So I really just strove for accomplishing some degree of happiness. And not going to lie, it's taken a very long time to get there. And even if I'm there now, I always just question. I was like, no, let's make sure we're... We're doing good things here, you know, because there is a lot of goodwill that I believe in. And I love the sense of communities, even though sometimes we may change our community during the course of our life, you know. But uh, I love this potential that we have because now I can use my life experience. I can take that. I can use my educational experience. I can take my work experiences. And I'm just put, putting it all together in just fun ways that I believe in. Some of those ways are not really done that often. So it's sort of exciting. Yeah. So it's really synthesizing synthesizing, you know, your long work history. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty incredible. Your story. I, I didn't know that about you, Lewis, and, and that you did immigrate here, you know, and all of the challenges that, you know, I mean, I'm sure even learning lang the language here, I imagine also, right? Yeah. I had the opportunity to be in a pretty decent school because uh, when I was younger, because my grandparents worked their butts off, basically, as did my mother. And so there were, there were these English, I'll call them English teachers. They were very, very adamant about getting everybody's accents out. And they were very aggressive about it. So I had a few good years of learning English quite well. Wow. <laughs> Abusive ways, perhaps. But uh, hey, it's the 80s. You know, that was how people were motivated. Things were different. Things you know? were very different in the 80s. I agree. I went to Catholic school. So things were very different. <laughs> Nuns had rulers, and those rulers were not for measuring always. No, and books too. So yeah, I, it was not, yes, we survived. We're here today, and we have a little grit because of it. We do have to take that moment to think about how we're serving others. And to be honest, that's something I've just wanted to carry with, my, with me for life, you know, through, through the things that I do. I think it's what got me into, this, into these fields. Yes. Well, and now you've got this amazing opportunity, if you don't mind me sharing about, you know, how you really are going to be motivating teams and really using your strength of education to help motivate your team at Precision Nutrition. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because to be honest, I come, I'm so into our conversation. I've completely forgotten about it. I'm like, what was she going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Seriously. No, yeah, but working in health is going to be great. It'll be one of the, one of the many hats I'm currently wearing. But I'm very excited to be wearing that one. It's a great group. Goodwill is a large part of that. But the greater well-being of society is actually one of their focal points in terms of what they endeavor. And Precision Health, it's, it's actually a very small group of people. They're all wonderful and talented. I got the opportunity to work with them. Should I kind of speak to that? Is that okay? Please do. Yeah. So obviously, I'm in the medical wellness fields. I'm into the coaching fields. I was doing the personal training thing for, for a while. It was very rewarding, very fun, very enjoyable. And uh, with maturity, with experience, I've had other opportunities to manage in the past, managing sales and things like this. 
So what I've been doing recently within the health and fitness field specifically is taking trainers that I've found one way or another. Sometimes they're just brought to me. Sometimes I find them uh, recruiting. Uh, and I take these trainers, I see these people in front of me and I, you, you can look at people and you see where, where and when they have potential and how we can get to that point and how to maximize that. So I've been taking these groups of trainers and really helping them ramp up, not just their business, really more so themselves. Because if I just speak to the business aspect of it, we lose the best part of the process, which is helping somebody achieve their higher level of self, Yeah, you know? So I'm just taking them through the gamut, sort of. I've done that a few times for a few different businesses. I'll leave this, these particular names out just because they've already had a lot of my energy. But the last team I happened to work with was a team of about 12 trainers, and a lot of them were young. And when I say young, I don't just mean an age. I mean, in terms of experience. But, but they had the right reasons for wanting to be in the field. So we look at certifications for personal trainers, and they're just kind of like generally based on like simplified sciences, which for me, it's, it's not enough. <laughs> and as a part of this experience, I had the opportunity to work with Precision Health, Precision Health Alliance specifically is the name of the group. And I was able to take these trainers using their program. And it is phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I had not been excited about something in health and fitness because it was so limited. But this, what they do is actually health and wellness, and it includes fitness. It includes nutrition. It includes your environment and where you are at your time in life and how to better understand that. Wow. So the insight gleaned from this information is like an arsenal. It's, I'm stoked. It's not going to be what I'm doing with all of my time because there's a lot of hours in the day, but it's, it's, it's a great part of my life. It's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. It's I a great see. group. They're, well, they're lucky to have you, number one, but you know, I can see your passion behind it and that you really love to mentor and, and you're not looking at, yeah, from a business standpoint, great. You know, they want to ramp up. They want, want to work more, have more clients, et cetera, et cetera. But really you're looking at the whole person. And yeah. I mean, to me that looking at building teams and looking at longevity, those lessons you're teaching them early on, you know about having that whole life experience like what what not just looking at you know at a team as to you know how good they are as a trainer but no how do they relate to their clients you know how looking at it from the relationship perspective which that is what that is how you maintain clients it's really getting to know your client on a, on that level so that you can help them beyond, you know, relationship is key. I, to me, it's number one. And then everything else can be learned, you know? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Really cool. So congratulations on that. And that's fantastic. So if you had any, you know, a key takeaway, you know, for our audience listening today, you know, I love to give our audience an action item, like something that they can work on this week. You know, what would you, what would be a top your list? Action item, key takeaway, something to work on. Well, I sort of have this thing in my mind that I like to do, and I'll often do it without speaking about it with other people. Yes. And it's sort of personal accounting where it's like, step outside for yourself for a second. Or if you can't step outside of yourself, take a look in the mirror and just start to talk to yourself. If you're looking introspectively, what are the things that you're hearing? If you're talking to yourself, what are the things that you're saying? Part of the challenge in that mirror challenge because you actually have to talk 
So when you start to talk and when you start to talk to yourself, you really have to believe what you're saying. You have to really come to terms with the person that you are at that point in time. So we get there. And then once we're there, that's where we can take an opportunity to decide what that work could be. What's the work that we need to do to get to the self that we want to talk to in the mirror? And that is a challenging thing. I'm actually going to challenge everybody to go ahead and go up to your mirror. Don't go in there with like a negative perspective or any framework or any intention. Just go to the mirror. Just look at yourself. What you see, that is you. And you are wonderful. Yes, this is true. If for some reason you do not feel like you're wonderful, start taking positive actions. Take some positive actions in your life. It could be get out of the house or go for a walk. You know, it could be walk on the sunny side of the street. It could be read that book you've been wanting to read. It could be say that thing. No, pause. <laughs> it could be do that thing you've been wanting to do that you've been talking about but not doing. You can keep that in the end of my working through. That's that's like a mindset right there. I'm fine with that. Yeah. No, it's important to stay live and be honest and just work through. If we're going to take that moment and we stumble and we have everything has to stop, forget it. Forget it. Life is passing. Life is going. It's like, no, no, no. Stay in there. Stay in there. Let's keep it going. Right? So get in that mirror. Talk to yourself. See, Listen to what you're saying. Listen to what's going on. And if everything's great, wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. Be happy. Express some gratitude for it. Take a moment to appreciate. But again, when those good things come up or fester or self-doubt comes in, whatever, you start looking at, oh, I didn't even know I had that pimple there. What's going on? You're distracted. Refocus. Yes. Focus in. Get in there. Uh, And notes afterwards if you want talk to me about it let's talk about it absolutely all right guys we have our marching orders for that that's brilliant we will do a little positive affirmations in the mirror and if we're not feeling wonderful we will take some action in our lives to to boost those positive emotions love it love it love it so last part of the show well before we get the get to the very end of the trends that we would love that we loved from the 80s how do we best get a hold of you? So if, if you know people want to reach you to work with you, if they want to know more about what you're doing, what is the best way for our audience to get a hold of you? And this will be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I've, I've sort of stripped away the idea of like the website and the using social media to get out there and market. I really, I'm really enjoying LinkedIn because it's very organic. They're staying very true to the connect with people that you want to connect with. And I'm enjoying that. I've only recently started doing it and my connections are very low, but at the same time, to be honest, they're very strong connections. They're very good. You are one of the recent ones and I'm quite grateful for you. You've got a great energy. So thank you for sharing it. You know, on my LinkedIn, again, it's just really people that I've known and have worked with. And there are some people that are starting to reach out now. So things are changing a little bit. But the reason that things are changing and people are reaching out is we spoke about the precision health thing which is great, but it's just a small part. The reason I'm partnering up with Precision Health is because I'm actually looking to offer, I've been offering, or I've already been offering and working with doctors. So I'm looking to mitigate the space between medical health mm-hmm. and like wellness sort of zone where a lot of people just go there and like they get their certificates and they just sort of like meander. And oftentimes we're not sure what to do or how to get people or how to communicate with people. Sometimes, honestly, just be honest, some people just don't have enough life experience to give true you know, the true service. Right. So doctors to sort of help them because one of the stories that I hear quite often is people who go to their doctor and they're just unsatisfied with the experience. Similar things happen with personal trainers, right? They deal with their clients and they're kind of dissatisfied with the experience because the client, they only have them for a short amount of time. So most trainers don't really have the skills 
to offer service or support to their clients when it comes to things outside of the gym. Yeah. So this is where I'm using the Precision Health Alliance team and uh, their everything that they have to offer because I'm actually giving these trainers the new skills that they can have to learn how to coach people and learn about the different pillars in life and how they can help people apply those to their lifestyles. As a benefit of that, I'm taking these teams and I'm creating these individuals that I'm empowering and I'm going to doctors and I'm helping doctors provide better service to their clients and greater support to their clients because, you know, five to 15 minutes with a, with a patient is not really, it just doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it for most people. And as well, doctors lose clients, trainers lose clients. So let's, uh, so we're putting some things together, making some exciting yeah. stuff. Love it. And, you know, and I have to say that, you know, doctors and, and the way the medical field is right now, at least in the United States, because I don't actually see it. I see a very different situation here in Switzerland. I spend a, such an incredible amount of time with my doctor and really, I was so shocked because he kept asking me more questions and really wanted to know like my whole life, like everything, you know, that might be impacting my health. And and I kind of like got antsy, like, don't you need to me to rush out now because you've got another patient coming in? And it right. wasn't like that at all. And so I find it very different. I can't even tell you how different it is. And just living here in Switzerland and really the yep. doctors taking time. But in the US, the way things are structured, fortunately, doctors don't have that time. And I think having the health and wellness coaching and people who do have the credibility to be able to, you know, help with lifestyle management and coaching and spending the time with them, you know, I think that that's a great partnership, you know? And so I think that that's such a fantastic idea. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this moving forward just to support the doctors too. I mean, they are stretched and I am married to a physician. So I definitely, you know, know, I know the whole thing, the whole process from med school on and having lived it with him. So, you know, they are stretched and the way that the system is set up and um, it'd be nice for them to have that support. Yeah, honestly, it's exciting. And we have to frame it that way that we have to put that perspective out there. It is mostly just in the U.S. that the medical like this, you know, the doctor patient journey, you know, in the U.S. is it's rather short and sometimes short lived having, you know, being lucky enough to have traveled. I also was able to see what doctors are like in other countries. And it's amazing. I went to this one dentist in Brazil and it was like a three hour, it's like a three hour thing with a dentist, you know, and that's just a dentist. I've, I've experienced uh, and sought out doctors in other areas just to, for that experience, just to understand what it's like. And so seeing the space, what it is like in the United States, it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't. Right. There, you know, an entire population is technically a workforce. Uh, let's work for some good, you know? Yep, absolutely. 100% agreed. So now is the part of the show. We know now that we can find Lewis on LinkedIn and it'll be in the show notes. Tell us a little bit about what your favorite 80s trends were. This is the part of the show where we get to talk about the 80s for a minute. The 80s. Yes. Well, the 80s, I loved neon. Neon was a big thing. Neon has me come back. So that's cool. I'm super happy about that. The glove, like, Barkley, Michael Jackson, Jackson stuff, you know, that's, that was definitely, that was, I definitely had that thing going on for a while. That was unique. That, yes. That was unique to that time. Yes. Yeah. I was a little bit of that stuff. And that was your first 45, right? Was Thriller. Thriller was my first 45. Yes. 
that's how I can tell like how close we are in age with any guests that might come on because it'll see like, what is your first 45? And that really, you know, I knew I was skewed a little bit earlier than you. So just ba- by my morning train by Sheena Easton was my first 45. So right. I knew I was skewed just a little earlier than you in age. So that's really fun. That's really, yes, Neon. Any favorite shows? Did you watch any TV in the 80s? Yes, yes, yes. Who's the boss? Yes. One of my favorite shows. Yeah, Tony Danza. That was, there was just a lot of things in that show that I thought were great. It's like the this pseudo broken family working together to become a family. It was, it was pretty nice. I loved Who's the Boss. That was such a good show. Good quality show. And he was great. Tony Danza was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Well, I'm so grateful to have you on this show today. And we all have our marching orders on what we need to do. And we know how to find Lewis. So I just want to just give you some gratitude for being here today and sharing your wisdom and your story with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yes. Well, and until next time. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.